After its exciting announcement in July of 2019, director Olivia Wilde's new movie titled Don't Worry Darling, starring Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, finally premiered on September 23rd of 2022. This was a highly anticipated movie on account of its stellar cast, including Chris Pine, Gemma Chan, Nick Kroll, Dakota Johnson, Olivia Wilde herself, and obviously Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. Don't Worry Darling is a dystopian thriller set in the 1950s that follows the life of Pew's character Alice as she and her husband Jack, played by Styles, live in an elite society called Victory. As the movie progresses, the audience follows Alice and her perfect lifestyle as they are transformed into a nightmare. She believes that the leaders of the Victory Project are hiding things from her and the other couples living in the community. And she experiences a series of uncanny and skin-crawling events that compel her to rise up against Victory and try to escape. Although this movie harbors some really big names in the entertainment industry, this was not the original cast for the movie. According to People Magazine, actor Shia LaBeouf was supposed to play Styles' character Jack, but it's rumored that LaBeouf was fired from the project in September of 2020 after his ex-girlfriend filed a lawsuit against him for verbal, physical, and sexual abuse. And that's where the drama surrounding this movie begins. Since she was now missing her male lead of her movie, Wilde began the search for someone to fill LaBeouf's shoes. Although this seems like a tedious process, Wilde quickly found Styles to replace LaBeouf the same month that the latter was fired. But what's strange about this is that Wilde and Styles were photographed together holding hands at a wedding in January of 2022, just one month after Wilde brought Styles into the cast. It is also rumored that Wilde cheated on her husband, Jason Sudeikis, with whom she had two kids with Styles, which is rumored to be the reason for their divorce. And Styles' only other acting credentials are minor roles in Dunkirk and Eternal so far. So that begs the question, did Olivia Wilde unfairly cast Harry Styles as the leading man just because they were dating? But of course, these are all just rumors and speculation, so you can decide what you believe to be true. The drama further escalates. Before LaBeouf was replaced with Styles, Pew tweeted an excited post about the movie, even going as far as calling Wilde her idol. Now the reason this is so ironic is because after the casting switch from LaBeouf to Styles was made, Pew very, very rarely posted about Don't Worry Darling on her social media. Which is odd for the star of a movie to not give it any promotion. By now, Harry Styles' casting is set in stone in the film wraps in February of 2021. If you can believe it, there is even more drama. The first trailer for Don't Worry Darling drops on May 2nd, 2022, depicting Styles and Pew's characters being very intimate on screen. This kind of broke the internet for the day, and it seemed to be the only thing that people could talk about. But Pew and Wilde had very different things to say about the scenes. In an interview with Harper's Bazaar, Hugh stated, quote, When it's reduced to your sex scenes or to watch the most famous man in the world go down on someone, it's not why we do it. It's not why I'm in this industry. Obviously, the nature of hiring the most famous pop star in the world, you're going to have conversations like that. That's just not what I'm going to be discussing because this movie is bigger than that. And the people who made it are bigger and better than that. End quote. So obviously Pugh was not fond of the internet's reaction to these explicit scenes and hints that the scenes are, were added for shock factor or even to attract a larger audience due to Styles' fame. In a separate interview with Vogue magazine, Olivia Wilde explained her reasoning to include these scenes and stated, 
quote, I kept saying, why isn't there any good sex in film anymore? She also says that she wants the audience to, quote, realize how rarely they see female hunger and specifically this type of female pleasure, end quote. So obviously these two have very different ideas about these specific scenes of the movie, and that leads some people to believe that they butted heads throughout the production process, with some people even going as far as to assume that Olivia Wilde was too focused on going out with her boyfriend, Harry Styles, that Pugh had to direct herself and did a Wilde's job for her. Now comes the dreaded September 5th of 2020, the date of the Venice Film Festival. After so many rumors and so much speculation about the drama behind this movie, many onlookers were eager to see how the cast would interact with each other at the film's debut. Would Styles and Wilde be all over each other? Would Pew and Wilde act like friends? Would Pew even show up? All of these questions were answered later that night and even more drama occurred. While doing press conferences all day for their new movie, the cast, and especially Wilde, were asked why Pew was not in attendance. Wilde coolly replied that Pew had some scheduling conflicts while on the set of Dune 2, but that she would be there to walk the red carpet later that night. This all seemed very suspicious as the rest of the cast almost looked like they were holding back laughter as Wilde answered these questions, and Pew looked far from busy on her Instagram story. Throughout the day, Pew posted photos of herself seemingly unbothered and carefree while in Venice, even though Wilde made it seem like Pew was on the plane coming from the set of Dune 2. As for the interactions between the cast, Styles and Wilde never interacted the entire night. They didn't even sit or stand next to each other, which seems very, very odd. I assume that they didn't want to cause any more reason for people to pry about their relationship, but I think that by not interacting at all, they caused even more commotion. And for Wilde and Pew, the two shared a single glance as they received a standing ovation after the premiere of the movie, but nothing more. Of course, there was even more drama that night. I don't even want to get into the styles and pine spitting incident, but I think that that covers most of the drama surrounding Don't Worry Darling. So let's talk about the movie itself. As a self-proclaimed Harry Styles and Florence Pugh fan, when the news about this movie came out, I was ecstatic. Although I knew that Styles wasn't the best actor, I was still so excited to see him and one of my favorite actors, Florence Pugh, be in a movie together. After learning about all this drama, my expectations for the movie plummeted. I thought to myself, how could a movie be good when half the cast hates each other? Simple answer? Not very good, which is my opinion, but also the movie has a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I kind of think I'm with the majority here. I wouldn't say the movie was bad, it just wasn't good. The whole message of the movie is about the societal standards for women and how we should push past those stereotypes and make our own lives, not the ones forced upon us by others, which is a great message, but it was just so obvious. Like setting the movie in the 1950s and making the main character a housewife? Like how much more apparent could you be? Just by watching the trailer, I knew exactly what the plot of the movie would be. A 1950s housewife and her husband move to a town called Victory. She finds out that the men are working on some shady stuff. She tries to escape. They stop her. She escapes and there's some big plot twist that empowers women or something. Whoop-de-doo. And guess what? I got it on the nose. Even the script made me feel like I was being talked down to. I think that the writers of this movie maybe just confused their audience with a fifth grade classroom instead of people who are in fact smarter than a fifth grader. 
Although the writing sometimes made me just shake my head in disbelief, I must add that visually the movie was amazing. From the aesthetically pleasing 1950s homes to the endearing shots of the wives' ballet class and even the desolate desert in contrast to the shiny red car that Alice drives as she tries to escape, the cinematography was beautiful. These pleasing and interesting shots were mostly wide and doze off from the film because I just couldn't look away. That, and it seemed like Harry Styles had a screaming scene, like, every five seconds. Styles' character, Jack, seemed to have only about two emotions. Bliss and absolute rage. Talk about range! I know Harry Styles has already been ripped to pieces for his acting, or lack thereof, in this movie, but I would be remiss if I didn't at least comment on it. At one point, during what was supposed to be a very dramatic scene, as Jack slams his hands against the steering wheel in anger and desperation for Alice, I swear to god I almost laughed. I just couldn't take Styles seriously in this role, maybe because I'm so familiar with his songs and performances, where he sings about various fruits and swings a feather boa across the stage, but who's to say? But as for Pew, she met my already very high expectations for her performance and even exceeded them. Maybe another reason why I couldn't take Styles seriously was because he was in so many scenes with this amazingly talented actress, and I couldn't help but compare the two. Pew absolutely crushed this performance, and I found myself rooting for her character by the end of the movie. Maybe because I pretty much hated every other character. Another reason that I'm so disappointed with this movie is how bland the big plot twist at the end was. This is the official spoiler alert for this review, so if you haven't seen the movie already, don't blame me for revealing the big twist. It turns out that victory is really just some sort of simulation that Jack forced his wife Alice to submit to. In reality, Jack isn't some hot guy who wears suits all the time. He's a creep with a beard who can't hold a job and listens to podcasts all day, which is where he got the idea to force his wife to live in victory. Speaking of his wife, Alice isn't a perfect housewife who is madly in love with her husband. In reality, Alice is an overworked surgeon with an annoying spouse. So because he thinks that their real lives are awful, Jack forces Alice to be brainwashed into joining Victory by putting these weird machines on her eyeballs and forcing her down with restraints. We see Jack giving Alice water to survive before he puts the machines on himself and joins her in their supposed utopia. I think this was supposed to be the plot twist to end all plot twists, but it really just reminded me of how in elementary and middle school I used to end all my stories with, but it was all a dream. Because how much more stupid could a plot twist get nowadays than it was all a simulation? That's just a cheap way to end a thriller because the writers couldn't think of a meaningful way to end this movie because there was nothing to wrap up because the movie was just a whole lot of nothing. And for some reason, if a man dies in the simulation, then he dies in real life? How the hell does that work? And how are the wives' bodies not dead in real life? Because we only saw Jack giving Alice like four drops of water and then calling it a day. How did they go to the bathroom? Um, vitamin deficiency? And why did no one question that this stellar surgeon just stopped showing up to work? Do the police not exist in this world? There are so many plot holes and unanswered questions that left me so unsatisfied when the credits began to roll. So after the movie was over, my friend and I immediately started asking ourselves these questions all the way to the parking lot of the theater and on the 20 minute drive home. I was expecting so much more from at least the writing of this movie because Olivia Wilde's breakout movie was Booksmart, which is one of my favorite coming-of-age films that is far from cliché and very well received. So how did she go from that to this? 
And also, why is she directing a dystopian thriller in the first place? I think that the entire message of this movie has just been drilled into the ground and cannot be expanded on because it's just so overdone. Overall, I was very disappointed by this movie, and I found the drama surrounding the cast more entertaining than the film itself. I hope that we can all just move past this train wreck and focus on these actors' future projects. This is Julia Aquino signing off from Night Voices.